This is the 19th season of Bass Talk Live. BTL is presented by Bass Cat Boats, Strike King Lures, Aftco, Pro Guide Batteries, X-Zone Lures, Shoreline Boat and RV Repair, Spro, Gamakatsu, Big Bite Baits, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, Beatdown Outdoors, and Sunline. BTL, coming at you. Good morning and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live, where we are going to talk about bass fishing. I uh, I didn't realize today was a holiday, so I booked a show, and then I called our guest today, and he was gracious enough on his uh, on his day off. I don't know if professional anglers really look at uh, days the same way that the average nine to fivers do, because uh, uh, I, I know a lot of guys after the season's over, they check out. I said this before, either celebrating a good season or never wanting to see a rod and reel again. I guess there's a group that are motivated. There were close calls there that probably want to get right back on the water. Uh, but today's guest left one lake to go to another lake because he lives on that lake, and it's in the background, and it's none other than my good friend, Daryl Gleason. Thanks for jumping on BTL this morning, Daryl. Like I said, I did not realize. First of all, I didn't realize it was your wife's 40th birthday yesterday, right? uh saturday evening yeah saturday so you probably had a weekend of festivities i also know that you're you're big on golfing the golf cart the lake life type of thing so this is like a big lake life weekend so i appreciate you taking monday morning to jump on bto no it's fine love love always coming here dude appreciate you having me on uh most of louisiana's in morning today after uh last night um the football game didn't go our way so we're trying to struggle through this I watched that. Uh, are you a big are you a big college football guy? Oh yeah, love LSU, man. Um even when we do bad, I'm not one of the guys like we have a we have a lot of uh Facebook uh coaches that immediately like fire everybody, that quarterback's terrible. I'm I stay on the bandwagon, dude. They uh they played a really good team first weekend, which a lot of teams don't do. And uh kind of like my career, like it was like they were like right there and then it just kind of took a nosedive, dude, and it went ugly for a while. So yeah, um fun weekend here at the house uh i threw a monster surprise party for my wife's 40th somehow we surprised her that went over really well and uh you know it's really cool to especially after being gone all year no matter how our results are it's always fun to come home and get to be uh like in the space of all those people that have uh mm-hmm. you know followed us kept up with us and all that stuff so good weekend I, I think it's underrated I, you don't really appreciate uh waking up like at your house and just doing normal things when you've been traveling for so long i get a little bit of taste of it on the opens uh and and i've been i've traveled roughly 150 200 days a year for the past 15 years but you really appreciate those mornings at home where you just get up everything's kind of mellow you don't have to you don't have anything like immediately on your mind that you have to get ready for and you're just chilling yeah yeah it's um you appreciate it more especially as you get older too um you know, like we were gone for two months up north. We since we traveled the RV, we just stayed on the road, and uh, I used that time to try to get better at smallmouth fishing, which didn't work out. But um, you've mentioned that twice already. We are going to dive into that. I know uh, we are. I know we are. Um, yeah, you said some guys like don't want to touch a rod. I haven't. I parked my boat in the garage when I got home the other day. Normally, I'm a dude that comes home and immediately has guide trips or sponsor mm-hmm. obligations. I'm right back at it. But we're taking we're taking three or four days apart, me and the boat. But I'm gonna start. Um, probably tomorrow morning or the next day 
getting ready for Lake of the Ozarks right back on the saddle. <laughs> and just what you want to do is talk about it for an hour with me on you're your good. decompressing days. It's all good. Yeah, no, you're we do good. have uh we do I'm not have talking a... to many people at all, but when you ask me to come on, I'm like, you know, I gotta do it at some point. We just gotta talk about it. So. I hear you. well, you're on every single show, so with yeah. our little uh com- uh pro guide commercial oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that we made. Uh there is an open stretch coming up. Uh Watts Bar, I leave this uh Friday for Watts Bar in Tennessee and then Lake of the Ozarks and then straight from Lake of the Ozarks. I'm gonna drive I need to get some logistics figured out. I need to book a flight because I'm driving straight from Lake of the Ozarks down to Florida. Uh and like I said, I need to get some stuff figured out of where when I'm where I'm leaving my boat and stuff because then I'm flying from Florida to Minnesota for the rescheduled St. Jude Dick Hiley Bass Classic out of Wabasha, which yeah. apparently from what I've heard is going to be like giant schools of smallmouth smashing spooks and then every once in a while it'll be a four or five pound largemouth this is what i've been told from adam bartuzak who i have to call back he's called me like four times i haven't called him back yeah uh and then i fly back so that's on the sixth and seventh and then i fly back immediately to florida and then compete in the final open and then i do the decompression thing i'm going to the zach bryan concert on the 20th down in uh down at Texas Motor yeah, that's Speedway. That's gonna be so. a uh, that's a wild stretch for you guys. It's, it's similar like what we did up north, where it's like we had St. Clair and then like two weeks off, and then the last two, boom, boom, boom. And it's like in a glimpse, you'll be in decompression mode and it'll go by fast. Yeah, it's amazing how fast the road trips go. And it's it's you I mean, I yeah. did that uh in the opens, but I haven't had the back to back. But the elites, the one thing is crazy. Uh, cause you guys, like I said, we'll get into this. You're fighting for your life. This is what you're doing full time. You're fishing, but it always seems like you talk for eight months about the season, getting ready. Then a quarter of the season is over in two weeks in Florida. And then a quarter yeah. of the season is over in two weeks up North. And then there's some tournaments in between, but half of your season is really based around the start and the finish in back to back weeks. And that I yeah. think is really hard for people to comprehend how important and how much goes down in 13 days yeah yeah it does it's uh it's it happens in a hurry and and especially them last two this year really happened fast because we had a day postponed at champlain due to wind and uh so when the event was over like because of that going into st lawrence they cut a practice day so they could keep the event on schedule so yeah it was just a that whole deal man like uh just a whirlwind like went by really 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 fast which can be to your advantage if you're yeah. fishing good. Like there's going to be some dudes outside the top 10 in the opens points do Royal at Watts bar and use that momentum in the next one. And going into the last one, they're going to, they're going to rise from the ashes and have a shot to qualify. So yeah, it's everyone knows it's a momentum sport. So like when you have those crammed in there tight and you get it going in your favor, it can go good in a hurry. You mentioned the momentum and it's weird to talk about that because obviously if you're a company and you're you sell baits or whatever you don't want to talk a lot about like skill and momentum you want your bait to be the reason why guys are catching fish and vice versa and all that but like you talk to the guys i always say you look at like kvd's motto it's all about the attitude iconelli's never give up like all the top guys are mental but it's so hard to figure out this momentum deal because i think we've all tasted it a little bit like you've tasted it you you had that incredible run on the opens where you won and made Bassmaster classics and things like that but it's so freaking fickle 
Do you guys talk about that on the road at all? Can, I mean, you can sense when someone has momentum. Like I jumped in the boat with my buddy Austin last month and I was like, dude, this guy, like we lost like a five pounder on a Thursday night. And he was like, oh, yeah. damn, we, we got a bite. It doesn't matter. We'll catch him. We'll figure it out. And I'm like, no, dude, like that was big. He's like, right. No, we're good. We're good. We're good. It'll happen. Yeah. And like, it's like, dude, you can't manufacture momentum. Like you can't force it. You can't teach nope. it. It's weird how it just happens. No. And that's just part of the, again, that's my appreciation for your, what I call the one percenters, your palanics and guys like that, that like, it's amazing how they fight through that. Cause so much of our sport is mental, um, just your mental attitude, your mental preparation, saying stuff like that, losing a big small mouth and immediately like, ah, no big deal. I'll just go to the next one. Like so much of that is, uh, will affect your results in this game just in ways you would just never imagine. So uh, a lot of the guys don't talk about it. No, uh, but you know, like I don't talk to a ton of the guys on tour either. You know, I'm, since I travel with my wife, it's kind of me and her. I think about that stuff sometimes for sure. Um, but I know a lot of guys just kind of roll with things or whatever, but yeah, that just gives me a better appreciation for those dudes that are like, they can take something that's a little negative and spin it in a hurry or just forget about it. Like rolls off their shoulders but I think even them, I think in their, in their alone time, their quiet time, they think about it. It's a major part of it, dude. You think about it too in the opens. It's, it's, uh, I don't even know the percentage, but it is a ton of what we do is between our ears and what's going on up there. I know we've had, you know, Matt Stefan on and his Katie Gruber, his mental coach. Uh, he just made the yeah. BPT this year. Creed's yeah, awesome talked about it, uh, in the past, but I still think that's a, uh, obviously with what Clunz talked about, but I still think that that mental aspect is massively underdeveloped in the professional fishing realm as far as actually oh, seeking out and developing, like you said, yeah. in between the ears. Like we all deal with it. You guys all deal with it on a completely different level uh, differently than the average yeah. angler does, obviously. But still, I mean, there's not many Elite Series guys that are doing intense, specific intentional wow. mental training during the season and during the off season. And I think that would help yeah, the vast majority of anglers. I could see that because it's a, um, this can be a lonely sport, especially if you, if it's not going great for you, whatever, it can be lonely. A lot of time out there mm -hmm. in the boat by yourself, you know, and, and it's you in your head. Right. So, uh, yeah, I could see where some stuff like that would help some guys. Um, may, it may not help everybody though. So, but that's the other part, too. I think a lot of the guys, um, you've done a lot of shows on this stuff, but like your margins in this sport for success and failure are so small. Your mm -hmm. margins for making money in this sport are incredibly small. So a lot of the guys, they, they're not going to hire someone to help them with their mental stuff. They can't afford to. A lot of them just trying to yeah. pay bills at home. Like it's amazing out of the hundred and something elite guys that fish this year, like truly how many of them earn a good living. Like people would be shocked. It's it's a tough, it's a tough, tough road for the guys. We do it. I can tell you for me, it's more about the passion of it. I probably made more money at home when I was guiding and fishing regionally than I did in my, you know, so far in my pro career. Um, but obviously when you're passionate about it, you don't worry about that. But yeah. So, I mean, I think some of that guys look at it as like an extra expense. Some guys are probably scared to let somebody inside their head to, uh, because we're all point. like, well, I mean, you know, dude, like we're, we're just wired weird, different. This is such a weird sport with all the travel time expense and like things of our choosing. I have to say that all the time to people like, you know, with, when things didn't end up well for me at the end of the year, I had some mm -hmm. buddies that were like, sorry, man, I hate that. For, you know, 
Like, don't feel sorry, dude. I fought for this my whole life. I chose this, which makes me a little bit loco, a little crazy. <laughs> I get it. Um, but when it's something you want, I mean, crap, dude, you can't, you just got to move on is what it is. But yeah, I could definitely see where that helps a lot um, or could help some guys, you know? So it was really cool, by the way, to see Stefan make BPT. Like, yeah, um, he's a dude that's been around a long time and like kills it. Not enough. Guy, I don't think not enough of the industry knows who he is and he kills it for sponsors, does well in the water. Like, yep. YouTube, I like good person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to know something crazy time. about his year? I don't know if he said it or not. Uh, I talked to him quite a bit. Yeah. Third in the angler of the year on the invitationals. Three. So many fish he caught off forward facing sonar this year. Three. That's, oh, so you're saying that you can catch them without using forward? Oh, I'm not, I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't, unless you yeah. have a burning desire to tackle that. Nope. I, I don't have nope. a burning. I, we had go back and listen to the Zaldane interview that I did. Yeah. We dove all, into all I that deep. on that is um, in my time fishing professionally. I saw Brian Latimer made a post similar to this, what I was going to, what I'm going to say. Um, the majority of professional bass fishing anglers care about the rules that affect them and how they affect them. And that biasness never turns off. There's very few of the pro anglers that truly look at a, a rule conversation or a rule potentially being changed and thinks first, how will this benefit the sport? How will this help the sport immediately? And I'm not saying that in a judgmental way. Yeah. This is a like, dog eat dog. Everyone's fighting for their. So obviously the first thing that there's a biasness, you just can't turn off on that. So that's a lot of what I've seen whenever rules, things come up and things like that. It's always, and, and that'll, that, that's not going to change. There's very few, you know, like that'll look at things and, and Palinix, a guy I'll always brag on. Like I had to, I had to stand up in a group of anglers and bring up something a couple of years ago. And it was like, you could hear a pin drop. No one, really said much but Palinic truly can look at things and he's in a unique position i get it but he uh he's always a guy that can look at things and there's others there's plenty plenty of them that do but so like all that all that stuff um going on with the forward sonar um i just say like now that i've been home and decompress some i wish i had their problem i wish that was my problem <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah so. I, i'll I will say it, there's a very good group of core anglers that are in their early thirties that I yeah. think are slet that are understanding. I don't want to say, make it sound like this is life or death, but it's your business. It's a right. job. The responsibility yeah. that they have to kind of be the stewards for the sport for the next. And I'll put right. definitely Paula Nick in there. And this is yeah. a This is controversial here. I talk to this guy a lot and he has a much deeper understanding then a lot of people realize about this. Jacob Wheeler is one of them. He he is very engaged as to what is going on off the water on how things are working, formats. He and, and yeah. I know he's not everyone's favorite that. angler, but he is very tuned into that and really cares about it. I mean, you have to remember that dude won an All-American when he was 18 years old, 19 yeah. years old. Uh, Been around he's invested in this thing. And then also yeah. a guy that literally didn't give a crap for like eight years. And now all of a sudden is very, is, is Jolie Jordan Lee. Yeah. Well, I, and I think some of them, someone like Jordan, like I know Jordan a little personally, I, I've never met Jacob or, or anything, but obviously mm -hmm. he's done great things, but like someone like Jordan too, I think some of that's his maturity process. Him seeing hundred percent. He's not goofy. Jordan with renting a house at Gunnersville. Like, and as he's had success now, I think he's taken a leadership role. 
So like kudos to the guys that are are doing that. So many of the anglers can't though, man. They're like they're fighting for their spots, mm-hmm. fight for sponsorship, all that kind of stuff. So they're always gonna be biased when something comes up. I mean, I I don't blame them, but um, it's cool. Oh, to see I'm guys biased like that. in the opens uh, rules. They said just sent out a, yeah. a questionnaire about the opens rules, and I'm literally answering those questions thinking how is this going to benefit yeah. me going into next year's yeah. opens what, what way, is going yeah. to make it easier yeah. for me to catch fish to qualify for the elite series yeah. to do what i, mean, I want to do and it's not i'm not sitting the there thinking about the what is the right. best for the sport like oh if yeah, we have yeah, a longer yeah. practice that probably right. brings in more money for bass which allows them to be. Right. no i'm thinking you know i'm thinking everything from my terms yeah so no, i just seen it like it's odd like how you'll talk to an angler about a, a something being brought up and they'll stand on one side of the fence for one thing. And then something comes up and you like, you think, you know, them a little and like, you know how they're going to feel and they'll feel something totally different about that one. So yeah, like I'm, I'm being in all honesty and fairness, dude. Um, you know, the way my season ended and stuff like that, um, you know, I come home and, uh, and just turned all that off. Like I hadn't been on social media much. I posted a ton of awesome videos. If you don't follow me on Facebook, my, uh, my personal page, um, of my of great things of my wife through the years and uh and and just kind of i want to come home and decompress from the fishing and celebrate like celebrate her 40th birthday it was a big deal so uh other than that dude i checked out some i saw all the forward sonar stuff going on and and all that but again i wish i had those problems that's really all i can say about it first world uh, problems yeah first world problems dude kudos to them for uh for having those problems i got my own right now so. uh, all right well uh We'll dive into it. You've mentioned it three times, so we'll dive into how this is going. And I'll say this. Uh, there's been a lot of talk on on who's in, who's out on the Elite Series. The only thing yeah. that Bassmaster has officially published, which they put out at the end of last month, was where it currently stands for the uh, Bassmaster Classic standings. They actually, I will give kudos to Bassmaster, who a lot of this stuff is kind of muddied. They came out with like a diagram. Uh, here, I'll show you the diagram right here. Yeah, it's I probably pretty, didn't see this. It's a pretty cool, cool diagram. Boom. There it is right there. And it talks about okay. who, who's in, who's out, how they got in, everything like that. And then the first three that are out. So the last three in are Wenlet, Mueller, and Cole Sands, which uh, big shout out to Paul was, Mueller for what's that? No, I was just seeing where that's where, what event that was that after St. Clair, maybe? No, this is after, this is it right now. Like this is, oh, it's it done. Is. Okay. Yeah. yeah this okay. is as of August 31st. Right. So there's still three Bass Nation spots, a team championship spot, and a college bracket spot, and three Bassmaster Open spots. Yeah. So some some of those got the guys obviously we're talking about Gaston, Scott Martin, and Bill Lowen. Yes. They are rooting in the opens for um they don't want me to win. They no, they do not want me to win at because you go now because I'd get now, the spot. Here's the here's the interesting stat, and we'll talk about the classics first. So Gaston yeah. If Gaston wins an open, if he decides to fish any of the last three, which most of the time at this point of the year, you can get into an open last minute. Yeah. Yeah. If he wins, he makes the classic, not because he qualifies through the opens, but because he wins a classic without qualifying through the opens, which then puts him in the open. Scott Martin's in the same deal. If a guy who's not, doesn't qualify through the opens, then Gaston, then he's first out. So Scott Martin either has to win two of the last three opens, hope that two guys who aren't in win two of the last three opens. Right. And he's in the same spot that he was in last year, which is wild to think about it. After all the casts and all the fishing and everything, he was like last man in 
last year, and it comes down to that. I'm just saying, if I'm Scott Martin, I'm making some calls, and I'm saying, I need you, 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 and you to jump in the to jump in these last three. I might not not have drove home to Florida if I was in his spot. I'd be fishing those opens. Um, I I know, like Keith Combs has been in that spot before, where like he showed up to the last two. So essentially, he's trying to win his way in. Yeah, but on paper. He's preventing someone by caught through in the open. So he would technically still qualify over there, but it, it don't matter if you get in, if you get in. So, right. but what, what those guys are looking for is they don't want an unqualified angler to take that spot, basically. So, if anyone fishing all of them wins, they're going to take the spot, which means they won't. Or anyone them. fishing they're, just that division. Or just that all division because they division. wouldn't qualify. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like me, I'm fishing, uh, I'm going to like the Ozarks. I fish the other two. If I were to win, I would take one of those spots. Chip so. in a chair, I think, is the statement. Is that that's the yeah. saying, isn't it? If or I was those boys, I'd be showing up, like trying to trying to win it myself. I mean, that's what I've seen other guys do. They show up and try to win themselves to get their spot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You have to be so. speaking of confidence. You have to be rolling if you're like, yeah, I think I can show up and win two of the last three to get in. Dude, everyone on that list and below that list, they think they they think that mentality. They can show up whether they've been there before or not. And that is no disrespect to anyone in the opens at mm-hmm. all. I'm just telling you the mentality. They uh, they think they can win, especially if they go with the intent to win and yeah. not fish for points. They, you're in a different ball shot. game. You're on a different. You're yeah, but playing a completely different game. Way. Yeah, I just got my butt kicked up north, and I think I might win Ozarks, even though I've never. I think I've yeah. been there once. You know, it's just. I think but I'll you're playing a now. different game at Lake of the Ozarks because it doesn't matter if you finish yeah. 110th. It's not like, oh my gosh, if I get a 60th place, I stay in it to make the elite right. yeah, So yeah, you yeah. can you can be at one o'clock and still be slinging a big bait somewhere with one fish in the box and doing it with confidence risks. because yeah, you can take right. risks. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I say that to it's say cool that Bass, Bass, yeah, it's cool they show that to like kind of show what's still even though the season's kind of done on the elites, there's still some stuff you know, there's some interesting things going to happen here. So I'm sure you've gotten a lot of DMS about it. I know I have gotten a lot of DMS like, Hey, can you run us through who's in and who's out for the 2024 Bassmaster elite series season, which is crazy. It starts happening this day that the, the day the season ends. And it's always like that too. Like in college football, the day the season ends, it's like they come out with the way too early predictions for the next year. Uh, But that list is, is, not officially out. And if there's one thing yeah. I've learned covering this from 2008 to 2018 at every single Elite Series event is until you see it on paper and it's official, you never tell someone nah. that they're in and you never All tell right. someone right. that they're out because yeah. you make that mistake once and either way, it's yeah. uh brutal. it's a uh, yeah, it's a little bit brutal on that. It's, so that's so why I you haven't seen it yet because it's not a, yeah. it's not officially out yet. It, it's not official because there's still a lot of moving parts and that's how Bass handles it. Some of that Bass handles it um this is my opinion. I believe they handle it to try to treat treat the guys on that list, especially the ones that are potentially going to be cut, just to treat them a class because we're, you know, those guys are working on sponsors, looking at what they're going to do next year if they are cut and all that. So I think some of that's just to be classy toward those guys, but um, essentially what happens now is the anglers, we've, we've, we've got a list. Uh, I mean, it's public where we finish this year, but we've mm-hmm. been emailed a list of where you are on the career average list. And, uh, and that's a wild formula to get there. But so we have the list. I'm in the bottom 10 on that list, which means, you know, as of now, I'm not requalified. Um, so the reason they don't get into all that is you just never know what's going to happen. If even for me, if, if, if enough guys, turn down their imitation uh when they go out 
So if enough guys ahead of me, you know, life happens, they're retiring, mm -hmm. lose sponsors, whatever. If there's attrition occurs, they work down the list to, to fill it. So that's part of why they can't put it out yet. Um, so we've all seen that list. Obviously, um, I knew going into the season, we actually had a hard line uh, going this season for the first time in my career on the elites. And it's probably going to be that way for a while. Which um, I liked. It, I, I agreed with very much because it, it gives an angler in my position a shot to know where they got to finish. So basically this year, if you finished in this year's um, points, 70th or better, you're safe. Doesn't matter what your career average number was, how high it was, none of that. Top 70 or better, AOI. I think was Frank Talley 70th this year? Frank Talley beat out Mark Menendez by a single point. Yeah. And so by 70. doing that, I think Frank was a, a guy that that needed to do that to, to be safe, I mm -hmm. think, without looking at the exact list. And there are other anglers that come from behind the last few events. Matty Wong. Yeah, he was I've got Matty on Wednesday from Hawaii. Did it. Yeah. So there's a lot of dudes behind me that, that needed to catch a move up going up north, and they did. And and so they automatically requalify. So that's what we do know right now. Everyone's 70th or better in this year's points will get an invitation. Mm -hmm. What happens to everyone below that is you're basically put in a pool, and it's going to go by your career average. And there's different ways they get those numbers and all those things, and I won't bore well, everybody with that. Peed in. It's a peed-in pool. <laughs> it's a, for a lot of us. No, it's, it's like old, it's not pee. It's like the baby roof, whatever movie that was, the baby roof in the pool. <laughs> it's a, it's clean the pool. floating around in the pool. Oh, it's it's 30 of you in there and you it. hope it yeah. doesn't touch you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm the guy cleaning right, up the net. Sorry. So, but no, going, this is helpful. If you finish below that and, and a, if you're below that, you go in that pool and then it kind of works its way up. So like, in that pool, it's based on your AOI average. And uh, so they come to that number. And they send out that list where you're on that number. Obviously, I am I can say this. I'm one of the guys that's toward the bottom of that. So so as of now, we are not requalified. The, the bottom, I think, maybe 10 or 11 on that. Um, some of the, part of why they don't put that out, though, is, is every year there's a little attrition. Some guys change careers. They retire. All those reasons decide to not take their qualification. So as they do that, they work down that list is basically how that works. So now in the old days, like there would be guys, you remember this, Matt, guys would qualify through the opens, like the working man would out there and just had a great season and qualify. And some of them would actually turn that down. That don't happen now. Everyone in the yeah. opens is doing it to make it right. So, so that's a little what's going on there. Um, I think sometimes the fans may think that, they don't put like, and they want to know and how awesome is it that they love our sport? Yeah. They want to know who's back and who's not, but you know, like that's always hard for me to explain because people see the AOI list and see, I finished 74th, I think. And they're like, Oh, if four people don't come back, you're in. I'm like, Nope, there, you got two different lists going on. Like, even though I finished 74th this year, um, it don't work that way. So the top 70 are requalified. All those dudes are there. They're probably chilling by the pool, having a, an adult beverage and loving life. And then it goes into the angler of the year average. And those of us in the bottom of that, we're in the pool with the, the floaters and all that. Just not loving life. This right is now. where it gets crazy because the angler of the yeah. year average depends on how many years you've been on the elite series as to whether it, you get a drop year or not. I mean, so listen, yeah. this is BTL. We like to go into the weeds. If you don't want to get into it, you don't. But I, no, I would I, love to understand. So would Clay. Clay wants to know how the, you do it. He said, please bore us. Clay, I mean, there's a bunch right. of people that want to actually know like so, how it kind of works. Matt, you know that I had to study these a lot because after yes. having um, 
you know, I had a poor first season uh, by the standard I set for myself. I think I finished 75th out of around 100 guys. Yep. And due to the fact that Bass um, did not cut the prior year, they didn't cut um, in 2020 because of COVID. So in 21, they cut 23 dudes. They did like a double cut. And so I ended up not having a great season. And on top of my poor performance, they cut everyone behind me. Mm-hmm. So, so you so automatically like, yeah, went bottom to the bottom of the barrel. Correct. You got to kind of go rabbit hole. Like when you finish 75th out of 100, you're not holding your head high. But then when I started breaking down the points next season, and I think most anglers would do this in this case, like where do I need to finish next year to requalify? Because you do, when you qualify through the Opens, you get two years. People say right. you get two years. The first year ain't free. Whatever you do counts. It still counts. Okay? Yeah, I think sometimes coming in, guys are like, I get two years. No, you get you get guaranteed two years to fish. Your first year results still count. So, and I'm speaking from from my perspective. When I go to looking at the point and see what I got to do, and you're looking at the AOI average that we all have. And again, that's not public. Um, but so you're looking at where you stand on that. And I'm like, well, dang, I beat some people. Why is my, I'm at the bottom of the barrel com- in, in comparison to all their There's a numbers. lot of people below you got cut in 21. You came yeah. on in 22. And then the anglers that competed in 20 had yeah. 75 anglers in the field. So they couldn't well, finish and, below 75. Yeah. Like in 18 and 19, the field size was smaller and all that. I'm not okay. going to go into how they get all their numbers on all that because there was some, there's some, there's just a lot of crazy low averages. And it's yeah. so, but, but just to tell you, um, from what I understand about it, and and someone at Bass could probably uh, tell you, like Ronnie or someone who's yeah. like knows this stuff by heart. But basically, I got a two year average after my second year. Then you go in, you know, then they look at what they're going to cut. So um, I was on the outside looking in last year, like went through it, you know, like I'm going back to the opens, you know, all that kind of stuff to requalify. And last year's field size, so my second year on tour, we had 90. And it was decided that they wanted to go back to 100. So my first year, I fished 100. Second year, it was like 90. And I'm saying 90. It may have been 94 because they have the legend exemptions and all that as well. So we go 90. And then going into my third year, they decided to bump the fill back up. So due to them bumping it back up and due to the way I did all the exemptions back worked in. out. I'm back in. No one got cut last year. So, um, so going into this year now, I fished this year. And my average is based on three years. I believe if an angler has four years, it's based on four. If an angler has five years with bass, they get to to drop a year. So their five, they take their their last five years, drop their worst, and then they get a four year average. Does that make sense? Yep. I know it gets so muddy, dude. So I know, but having, that's what we got to go through so people kind of understand at least a yeah, little bit I mean, of what it, they. It's it can be super complicated, but like so, your guys uh, that this was their second year this year. There it's it's you take their two years wherever they finished and yep. divide by two. Simple. Yep. Like for me, I you know, I think my number is 75. I think I finished 74, 75, 76. So when you divide it by three, boom. It, it gets a little muddy and hard to keep up with for the fan because you don't know what anglers have been there five years. Yeah, when they once get you a get drop, five, you get a drop year. So if you finish a hundredth, but yeah. you'd finished right, you can drop this year. So then it's yeah, basically it's to keep the established anglers who have done it for more than five years, give them the option of, Hey, you had a bad year. You can kind of ride that wave. Yeah. It's something. And again, I've told folks, but then if they finish, if they finish a hundredth, two years in a row, they have to keep one of those hundreds. One of them counts. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It gets weird. Like I've told 
some of the folks at Bass, you know, I'm friends with a lot of the, uh, the staff, media people, all that. I don't want their job because it's, yeah. they're, they're trying to, you got new guys coming in. You got to try to keep it fair for them. You have guys that have been out there 30 years, 15 years. You got to keep it fair for them. It's, it's a, it's a dicey thing, but I'm just mm-hmm. telling you what it is. I'm yeah. really not giving you my opinion on how I feel about it. But Objective. Yeah. I'm trying to be as much as I can be, but, but just factual, this is where it is. And so if you have two years, three years, four years, you, you literally just add, it doesn't matter how many you fished against. None of those things matter. It's, it's where you finish into the year, AOI um, finish, yep. you add those together, divide them by the years. And that gives you your AOI average. So that's why it looks, you know, even though I finished 74th on the season, it doesn't mean if four guys retire, I come back. I'm on the AOI average number. I'm, I'm down toward the bottom. So so I need a lot of a lot of guys to not come back to requalify. So, um, yeah, I hope that clears it up some. Yeah, because you were seventy um, fifth last year. Yeah, and, and like in your first year, you were about the same. I was pretty consistent. May have been seventy fifth again, or seventy six. You're seventy seventh. Seventy seventh. Seventy fourth, a seventy fifth, and a seventy seventh. Yeah. So for my number, you can add yeah. those three together. Yeah. Divide them by three. And you, that's my average number. I got right you. There. So, so that's how they figure that out. And then, um, then they got to decide how many to cut. I believe this year the number is ten. I'm gonna peek. Yeah, gonna I peak. believe it was but, from what I've heard. But even that could change based on you know if some guys don't come back and those kind of things. Yep. Uh, a lot of guys are asking. So, legends exemption is you get a point for every Bassmaster Classic you've won and every of the year that you've won. Yeah. Every year that you don't requalify through the red like if you don't if if you're on the cutting block you can yeah. basically you get a chip and you can toss in your legends yeah, so chip so your your legends guys it's kind of weird but try to explain it like you said if you have aoi or classic you get a point you've accrued a point through your career so mm-hmm. however many you got but you don't have to use that point if like say for if instance if you finish year, high if you finish high enough or if you go into the like there's a few legends that are on that list Yep. with me um, on your career average. They fell in that pool and then it goes to the average. Um, so as it works its way down the list, if enough people retire, they can come back based on qualifying and not use a point. Does that make sense? Yep. But they have a point if they need it, if yeah. they have it. In their so back pocket. In their back pocket, they have it. So it gets a little weird, but you know, I don't know. My opinion on some of that, like someone like Rick Klein, should just get to fish until he don't want to fish anymore. Yeah, I agree too. I agree there. Yeah, like be, let uh, the dude fish forever. And he will. I mean, the he, PGA has a lifetime, like yeah, a lifetime certain, exemption deal. Yeah, give it to him. But he yeah. has enough points where if he chooses, he would be back next year. He hasn't yeah. used all his points yet. So so that um, hasn't been out either because there's also some legends that are down there at the bottom. You can go through and do the math on right. that if you want to by yourself. But then you yeah. also have, uh, then there's also some medical guys that are on there. Yeah, so... You know, if someone takes a medical exemption, they still have their spot the following season. So basically what they're trying to do at the end of the season now, um, with those that have automatically qualified already, so the top 70 know they're getting a spot. At the end of the open season, so many guys know they're getting a spot. Mm -hmm. Then when they go through the pool of anglers, they're just trying to get to 100. Yep. And again, it's as far as I know. The exemptions will be added. So anyone that's that why you had 102, 103. So like that's why uh, you see that. So yeah. like if they took a medical exemption, their spot is held, but they're not held. They're not knocking someone else out. Does that make sense? Yeah. So and the same with the legends. If they're, if they're using a legend point, 
then then that's where you get the 103, 104. That's where you get the odd number out. But the field size we're trying to build to is 100. So, like I hope Bernie Schultz up. ended up taking a medical exemption. He finished it. Yeah. He still finished at 79th and missed the last two events. Yeah, he was three having, events. Like three. Yeah, he was having a very good season. Like he was a guy that had a shot at making the classic before he had his surgery. So. And he always catches him up north. Yeah, yeah, he would have been tough for sure. So and I that's that was, right. Uh, Rich said it. No legends points are used in years where nobody gets cuts. Gets cut. Yeah, if no one gets cut, they get the same yeah. spot. So like Clun has how many anglers of the year does he have? Two, three, one? I don't I know, know. He's got and a couple, but he's got the four times, classics. Yeah, you'd have to know too um, how many times he's finished below the cut mm -hmm. line and had to use a point. Yeah. And, and a lot of that, like, dude, that ain't our business. I ain't okay. With that. Yeah. So what about then? And this is the last thing we'll take, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll come back and we're yeah. gonna dive into another hot topic about guiding. Uh, a guy like Hallman. So Hallman fishes like 06 through 2010 takes some years yeah. off goes and beats up the flw tour for a couple w's comes back to the elite series has a rough year this year yeah even though it's been 12 years since he's been on the elite series they're yeah. averaging those numbers from six seven eight nine and ten and then I averaging it with this average. year so yeah, did he have don't. does he have two years no matter what he, he when still he gets came back like yeah, he's he's not a, he, he couldn't. Yeah, when they come back, when you qualify through the opens and it's a gauntlet, you deserve those two years. So oh. they give him two years. As far as he he's not at risk until next season. So he probably gets to drop if this is the lowest he's finished and he's got think, five years on the elite series. He gets to drop you, his ninety eight. I bet you he knows. Um, like I bet you he knows for sure. But yeah, so they for his his um, career average they factor mm -hmm. in his career right. So, yeah, I'm not sure if he gets the drop, but they do factor in all those years way back mm -hmm. when into so his number. If you're a rookie and you yeah. drop a really bad first year. Yeah. The way it stands now. Yeah. You really your life yeah. now depends on finishing above 70 every year for the next four years until you can purge that hundredth yeah. out of your out of your average. I'll refresh myself. And again, I'm not saying all this. I guess I should have just like precursored everything I'm saying was in according to how I understand it. Well, according to how I understand it too. And also I'm a guy that like, I, I'm in this spot. Like I dreamed of being in this damn spot. So now that it didn't work out exactly like I wanted to, like, I'm not gonna make excuses. I'm not gonna, no. you know, I'm not going to say any of that. And I don't want to get into how, like I lost, I lost fish. I touched fish. I did everything I needed to do was right there. So I, I knew where I needed to finish this year and I didn't. So I have to say that to own it, but yeah, a guy coming out now. Um, and, and you gotta think too, my first two years, that top 70 number wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Like after two years, you're going in the career in the average and, and me being privy to seeing what those numbers were going into year two, seeing, Oh God, I had a 75 my first year. So my career average number for year one is 75. I got to flip that to below, I think it was a below a 52. So when I done the math on that, and again, it's it's all moving numbers as the season goes on and yeah. people finish. You just don't know it's moving numbers. <laughs> That's but why it's not out. That's why it's not. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's moving numbers. So it's really hard. But as an angler, you are trying, you do try to look at where, about where do I need to finish to have a shot? And for me going into year two, I needed to finish probably mid twenties in order to get my career average low enough. Yep. So, and keep in mind, we didn't have that top 70. Now we have that top mm -hmm. 70 thing. 
a guy in my position going in year two, if, if, if that was in place for me going into year two, I wouldn't have been thinking, oh, I need to finish 25th to get my number low. I'd have been thinking, yeah. let's get inside the top 70. That's your number one goal. So you took some you more risks last year to try to take get a lot your of average up because you were like, yes. it doesn't matter if I finish 50th. I need to be doesn't finishing 20th. Yeah. Yes. But then when they changed the rule, you could have made some of those changes to where you added a yes. fish here, a fish there, six ounces here, grind it out I a day tried there. To. You don't, you, yeah, you don't know if you could have. Yeah. You could have. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, a guy coming out, I guess if I had to tell the open guys that's coming out, this would be what I would tell them. You got to figure out what your victories are at this level. So being a dude that fished around here all forever, it didn't matter in the BFL if you went out and got 12 pounds that day and like, you know, only finished 80th instead of 100. Like that don't matter. You would just go for it. When you get out on the tours, out on the road, flipping your 85ths and 90s, flipping them into 70s and 60s will be a victory you will not see at the time. But future you is going to be so grateful that you caught them two extra fish and weighed your limit. Like that's such a big deal. So it's just it's the way the way this competition is, the way the sport is laid out. It coming out, you have to come out and do do well. Which honestly, like the way I look at it for me in the end, if I'm going to make it and like my career ain't done, mm -hmm. so I may not be back on the elites next year if things don't work out. But um, I had like to me, you have to go through those things and learn how to overcome them and better yourself or you're never going to do what you need to do anyways and be profitable and, and have a good career. So, um, yeah, you get your two years. I would tell everyone you come out and catch every dang bass you can. I told a lot of the guys that were second year guys this year that that I become friends with, um, you know, claw for every point your first season. Like you have to do that because in the end you need it. And I'll look back at there's there's times where especially last season when I felt like I had to really gamble and get my number super low that I look back, I'm like, man, you know, like a few here, a few there, it, it could have maybe changed some things for me, but it didn't. That's what I have a tough time grappling with in this sport competitive activity, whatever you want to take it. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't, I haven't been able to rationalize. And I, I mean, I live this stuff, Daryl, you know that I live yeah. it. That's my life. I'm a psycho. It's all I do. But I don't, I can't rationalize or wrap my head around, you know, I've been one fish for making the Elite Series before. You've been one fish Dude, for I'm, staying on the Elite Series now. Yeah, I mean, I'm also the guy I caught one of my last casts to qualify for the Elite. I remember I that at Louisville. So yeah. what I what I have I'm a hard. tough time rationalizing is you have thousands of hours in and you've dedicated it and this is your passion and it comes down to to one fish and if one you moment. catch it yeah. you're a hero you're an all-star you're on the elite series if you don't catch it if that six pounder slips out of your hands yeah, now we're talking about how we're not on the elite series we did yeah. this interview with you three years ago on btl about yeah. your wife standing watching you fishing that point on Louisville with, with three minutes yeah. left hollering right. that you caught a two and a half pounder I can't, I don't, I don't understand. I can't rationalize how it comes down to something that's so, I don't want to say random, what, but so minuscule. It is, but you could look at that on like guys in the classic line right now looking out. You know, you showed that list a minute ago. Those guys are thinking about fish that got away. There's guys that are in that are thinking about, I caught the one that had one hook on it barely and got it in. Like 
that is this sport, period. When, when I won the Open on Toledo Bend, I had this big bag day, too, and made this roaring comeback. And on stage, everyone's like, dude, you wrecked them. Got six fish that day, dude. Six. You lose like, one of those. It's not. You lose one of those, you're toast. If, if my eight-pounder is, is small, you know, like, that is our sport, dude. It's the life we chose. It's what we love about it. The fact that you're always one bite away is also what pushes you. That's a good point. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're one bite yeah, away from point. doing this podcast, and you're one bite away from preparing for deer season knowing you made the class. I'm doing – yeah, I was right there all year. I lived that line, dude. So uh, Wednesday, I'm doing a Maddie Wong interview from Hawaii, talking about, "Hey, yeah. dude, you freaking wrecked him in the last one, and you jumped up above 70th, and you were yeah. going to be the nation guy with the most positive attitude." But now we're now you're but he he caught two fish, jumped him up there. And, yeah. I don't know. It's yeah, just yeah, it's, it's hard to just it's hard to rationalize rationalize it. Do you agree? And, and Do you, you struggle with that rationalization too? Sometimes, 100%, but you, but you won't. What we what I always go back to. Is I chose this for a reason. I love it. I'm passionate about it. The fact I still pinch myself every day. This is what yeah. I get to do as a job. And that's what's helping me go through this right now because it's crushing. Uh, and that's probably why you saw it all pour out on anyone that watched on stage and yeah. saw me being a crybaby. And then being a crybaby the next day on live is like exactly what you're talking about, dude. You think about all that stuff. And I go on stage like big boy pants on. I know there's like people betting. I'm going to come up there and pour it out and cry on Oprah's couch. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm going to, and then dude, it just hits you. Like if I want to be back on this stage, I know what I got to do. So, but that's what we love about that. I you know. chose it. You chose it, what you're going through. Yeah. If you want to like, look at it from that standpoint, you could look at it as, you know, game seven in the NLCS and the ball is an inch fair instead of an inch foul. And then a team that was won the pennant and everything is going home. And you're like, well, why wasn't that ball six inches foul? Yeah. And like, to me, when I poured, and I say I poured out, I still held back. I could have cried for 20 minutes up there. But if you're going to get on stage and woohoo and fist pump and act crazy and be passionate because you love it so much on mm -hmm. the good days, I, I do think a lot of guys probably hold it together better than me. They may cry backstage or they may cry on their way home or in their wife's shoulder. But that's just, I don't know, when you're passionate about something, dude, it's going to be a love and, and I don't want to say hate, but sometimes it's going to break your heart. So, and I've, I've been very blessed, dude. I've, I have probably overachieved many times for my talent level and got to live some very high moments. And so with that, if you don't expect the bad moments to, to potentially come and, and all that, like you're not being fair to yourself, like that's just how it's going to be. Um, and again, like in the end, all those little tears at your heart, all those little sores that build up through bass fishing. If you're going to come out where you want to be, they're going to callous up and you fight through it and get better. It's, if you don't think that, then you find you a comfortable spot on the couch and you start another business and you get a new job or, right? or you start analyzing the guys who, who aren't making it <laughs> yeah, or on you, Texas uh, fishing. Floor. I told you the other day, I might just start a podcast. I might just do that. And you, you kind of had a response about that to, to lead into our next segment. You said, Oh yeah, there's not enough of those now. Kind of like, listen, fishing guys. I'm all about podcasts, but just like yeah. fishing, if you go out and you try to fish like someone else, and do exactly right. what they do in their pattern and stuff. Be successful. You yeah. won't be successful. If right. you come out like look at look at Zaldane. Like they're killing it with their podcast. There were yeah, five hundred pod there were five hundred podcasts when they when their podcast yeah. came out. But they've that? made they're it doing their own. super unique. Yeah. 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 Super unique and like a new perspective. Um yeah, same with Dave, same, same with Luke, same with all those guys. We all have yeah. our little 
You right. got to be different. That's the only that's you You have to make it your own, just like fishing, just like life, just like right. your job, just like you got to make it your own and have a passion for it and a reason why you're doing it. So if you have that yeah. freaking have at it, Daryl. Yeah. Well, and there's like a lot of people that would probably I mean, I probably have some friends who would love to whisper in my mirror to like, dude, find something else or like stay home and guide. Like I had a very good guide business going here on Toledo Bend mm-hmm. and stuff. So like. I don't know. And I don't, we have, yeah, but dude, quality of life. I talk about this too. Like you get, you get one shot at this. You've put yourself in a position to do this. And I have a lot of people that are like, dude, you know how much money you could save? you know how much money you could save? Why the hell are you still fishing the opens? You've been doing it for four years. You've only had a couple top tens. Like, you know, how many years are you going to get close wasting 35,000? It's a quality of life thing. It's a passion. It's waking up yeah, with the right. goal of something to do in the in the future, and that has to play into it to some it to some impact to some extent to yeah, a lot get, of extent. Like that's what makes you do irrational things. Yeah, but makes you alive every people. morning. And I think sometimes that's why I like bass fishing hasn't blew up because it's hard for people outside or people have no idea yeah. what we're doing. It's hard for them to understand. It's it's just as hard for your weekend guy to ever comprehend the highs and the lows we go through. And again, I'm not, there's no griping about that because we choose it and I've got to live those highs, but dude, the lows are, are brutal, brutal, but it, you bounce back, dude. It didn't take me long to kind of, I don't say get over it because you're yeah. always, I'm always going to think about the fish that I touched on that Northern swing. That would have, were they giants? Yeah. At St. Clair, I lost the crap out of them. I, I lost, like the weird things. I think I texted you at some point and said, if it yes. could go wrong, it's going wrong. Stuff where like you I, literally stand there and go, I didn't do anything wrong. I did nothing no, wrong. No. And then I watch the other guys like just wind them to the boat, horse them. But like a four instance, and I'm not going to do the ones that got away story. Cause it's not cool, but, uh, I it is cool. If you get asked about it, it's not cool. If you just verbal uh, diarrhea, it. if I'm asking yeah, yeah. about it, Daryl, this gives you a pass. So, so I have one at St. Clair. You know, you usually generally small mouth, you, you kind of scoop them like a football and you yeah. get under their belly and they quit and they say, catch me, daddy. And it's all <laughs> over. Right. So I scooped this fish. It's it's probably a four and a quarter, four pounder. When you only weigh 17 pounds, that's that helps. It's right. Fish. And everyone, if you looked at the standings, especially St. Clair, dude, a pound is like eight or 10 points. Like it's a lot of points, but I scoop it and it does like this, like bull riding jerk. Right. Like, and I literally watched my hook that's perfectly in its snout, right dead center, perfect. He hit his head on my boat. And when he hit his head, the hook hit and knocked it out. Even then, a lot of times if that happens, they're sort of stunned. You have them yeah. by the belly. He's just headbutted your boat. He might kind of chill for a minute. No, no. He blew. Like it like got this new amount of energy and he just rode off into the sunset, dude. And my marshal's sitting there like over me, like waiting to video me, like this cool moment. And I turn around like, and you just go back to fishing. I've never had a fish knock the hook out with my boat. Like <laughs> on the bottom dumb. of the rub rail. It's dumb. Yeah. But then the the reverse of that is at Louisville that year, I catch one with Chris Bowes waiting in the background, dude. Like I'm at the off limit sign. I catch a two and a half pounder to make the elites. So it, there's give and take in this. And that's why I don't like dwelling on the ones that got away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I jumped, yeah, I jumped hard, everything off. Uh, just the 21, I jumped off up north and what I touched. Now, let me ask you this. When when you were jumping them off, was your yeah. first thought, dear God, please don't jump, or man, it's a long way. Like, were you thinking about losing that fish as, as the, it was happening? 
Cause Not that's, that's what I struggle with Daryl. When it's going Not good, a, it's like God is ass when it's going bad. I'm like, Oh yeah. God, that is a long way to get him in. Dude, isn't it so much like golf when you come up to like, let's say you've played 12 holes and you've hit a little baby cut all day long, just perfectly in the fairway. And you finally get up to a hole and there's water down the right. And your mind says, don't slice it. It's amazing how often you slice it. How does that water. work though? Because that's not you can't know. translate losing a fish through your through your no, line but, and rod. But we all know how many times you hook one if you say, Oh, got him. You land yeah. like all of them. If you if he jumps and you see he's big, um, and you say the words, don't come off. It's gonna come off. How does that work? Why does that happen? How is that like it's a mental. universe it thing? It doesn't happen every time, it's just mental, but yeah, I'll think a lot about those small mouth. My wife actually finally told me no, but I was going to do like the, you know, like the teardrop prison tattoo. I was going to do like a small mouth one. Just down like the size of, of your cheeks. Just like right here, just a little small mouth. Like maybe maybe count out the number of the ones I touched that got away and like put them in. But I'm not I'm not gangster enough to do that, so we probably won't do that. But, but dude, you can look at, again, the guys just outside the classic. Other guys on the list with me, it's a, it's a thin line, dude. So – is what it is. All right. Uh, holy cow. We're an hour in. We got to take a break. We'll be back. Daryl Gleason. Uh, Monday. Holiday Monday. September 4th. Holy cow. September already. We're just months away from cool weather. Hopefully. BTL. We'll be back right after this. The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. With the angler design function and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint, this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. Industry leading design coupled with tournament winning performance. The Puma STS from Basscat. Feel the rush. Great thing about the new Sensation Soft Plastics from Big Bite Baits, heavily scented, super soft, buoyant, comes in seven great new shapes. I've got a couple of them of my signature series, the Cliffhanger Worm and the Ramtail Craw. Great for a flipping jig, football jig, swim jig, all that. Several other great shapes. Really excited about it. We've worked over the last year, catches fish all over the country, and I think it's going to catch fish for people everywhere you try it. The Spro Little John crankbait has been around for almost 15 years and it is one of my go-to crankbaits whenever I need a fish in the boat so you can never have enough new colors. That's why Spro is coming out with a handful of new colors including Pearl Shad which has this bleached out white look but it's got this pearlescent really really pretty. We've got 
copper shad, which looks amazing in the water. It's got that purple flake on the back, really, really pops in the water. And then if you want some real pop, we've got sparkle shad, nothing but sparkles all over this thing. And then last but not least, we've got the matte sexy shad, just a really different looking color for a crankbait. So you wanna give them a little different look, that matte sexy shad is definitely the one to go with. All these colors are available in the original Little John and the MD. Shoreline Boat and RV, dock rash, storm damage, collision repair, that deep scratch or gouge from trying to access that secret creek. Shoreline Boat and RV can get your prize possession back in mint condition and looking good on the water, fast. All repairs are done in-house, so they're able to get your boat or RV back to brand new, quickly. All Shoreline's work comes with a rock-solid warranty. Find out more at ShorelineBoatAndRV.com, Kansas City, Austin, and Tulsa. All right, welcome back. BTL on a Monday talking with Daryl Gleason with one of the top five views we've ever had on a BTL. I mean, that is not a uh, that is not a screen behind you. That is the capital T H E Toledo Bend Reservoir. Like yeah, I do. I'm not going out there for a few days, but yeah, it's out there. Plenty of people enjoying it. So, are you gonna? What's I mean? Are you guiding this fall, winter? Have you even thought oh, yeah. that far ahead? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, starting starting to somewhat book trips. I still have, uh, you know, we have Lake of the Ozarks like two yep. weeks away yep i'll um, see you there well i might not see you there that's a you know, giant yeah, you fishery maybe a takeoff um <laughs> you got a plan oh, for that like you got something up your sleeve of what i mean like you gotta no, no just gonna go I, I literally have not thought about it at all i won't talk about it about it to anybody i had our, my plan is this week early in the morning three or four mornings to get out in the boat and like find my inner peace and start working on tackle i'm gonna get all that max sent out of my boat um <laughs> might eat it for breakfast or something but no i gotta you know i spent all summer smallmouth fishing so i gotta like yeah. do all that and that's gonna be my time to start getting my head wrapped around that but mm -hmm. i have that um i have a wedding to go to so we have a little three or four day getaway then and then i have the uh the bonus, oh, the bonus box tournament. tournament the owner's tournament um october 21st 22nd maybe okay at, so you uh, still have a Bigway. you have a lot of yeah. time on the yeah, yeah, we have some time in between to do all my guiding. So I'll be there just working for Dynamic, um, probably passing out some free swag. But that's coming up. So all the Toyota owners, if you haven't registered, you should go register. It's a really cool event. Have you ever been to one of those? No, I need a new truck, too. No, I'm, You need I'm a new being... truck? But, okay, here's the beautiful thing is, is both people don't have to be Toyota owners. Just find just a buddy that has, yeah, that has a qualifying vehicle, uh, four years or newer, I believe, maybe five. Okay. I'm off my game this morning. But free, it's a free tournament. It's kind of Where a cool it? deal. This year, it's at Pickwick Lake. It kind of moves. It's been at Table Rock. It's been at Toledo Bend before. When is it? You said it's, the 20th, though? I think October 21st, 22nd, maybe. See, I'm going to the Zach Bryan concert on October 20th. We'll see. You make poor life choices. Um, That's not but, a poor life choice. That's a good life choice. But I would like yeah. to go to an owner's tournament because I hear, and based on what I've seen, and Dynamic yeah, fun, does such dude. a good job of covering it and stuff, it it's, looks like and, it's a uh, great time. So from my perspective, I've been an angler that has fished that, and I've been an angler that works at it. I've been both. Oh, yeah, you yeah. have. It's almost, to me, it's almost like for 
the Toyota owners, it's, it's similar. You get treated somewhat like what you get the classic, like you get to go through the swag line and get all the cool swag and all that stuff. So, you know, when people see the, the bonus book shirts or the Toyota hats, they see guys wearing them. That's a lot of times where they get those is those. So it's no entry fee. They pay five grand to first place. They pay all the way down to 31st. Yeah, I said no entry fee. Like even the pros really don't get many no entry fee. Look at you on top of your game, dude. Uh, but it's a cool, fun weekend, a little team tournament. Um, a lot of the a lot of the pros would be there. Your Toyota pros would be there and stuff like that. Usually, uh, Gerald's there talking on the mic on stage. So it's just a cool, fun time. So I'll be there working that. And then in between, yes, I'll be guiding. I love um, guiding in the fall on Toledo Bend and Sam Rayburn. It's a super fun time. Lots of numbers. It's not. Um, you won't. You probably won't see me posting ten pounders every week. Mm -hmm. um, but tons of fun to do that. It's a great numbers time. It's a great time of the year to teach electronics and all those, you know, those fun things that I do on the side. You mentioned that. Uh, yeah. You started. What year did you start guiding in? Like, would you would say like, hey, I'm a fishing guide. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was a there was a hard line there. I I, uh, I did it part time when I was working on my master's degree, like I took off, a, I taught school for seven years, uh, junior high. And then I took off to work on Wait, my Wait, you were a degree. junior high teacher for seven years. Yeah. That's where all this gray come from. I did not know uh, that. Yeah. Like 11 to 14 year olds. It was wild. And that was of your own choosing. Like, yeah, it wasn't like a, like, no, you my, just, wife like you, she, my wife forced me to have a job. And no, at that point, like we were pretty young in our marriage. It was just a good way for us to have, uh, I was the, insurance you know like my wife has some she was born with cystic fibrosis which yeah. is very yeah. costly if anyone with a disease like that it's very costly so um school teaching for me was a uh, it was a lot of things but the biggest thing was a way to have insurance to help pay okay. for that and i got weekends and holidays to fish it was great oh and summers yeah and summers so uh, after seven years i took off was going to finish up my master's and while i was finishing up my master's i started guiding just kind of part-time did 50 trips that year or something like that. So, uh, and then I, the next year, like I was kind of like, I like this more than teaching. So I'm going to try it full time. And of course my wife was like, go for it. And, uh, I don't know what year that was 2011, 2012, somewhere in there, 10, 11 years ago. Okay. Like so I, I asked that question. Say so you're a long time established guide. Is it just me or have yeah. you noticed a massive, uh, yeah. Is it social media? Just all those people were out there, but now people are advertising it. But it seems right. like there's on no, there's every tons. fishery, like there's a, yeah. a a lot more guides and specialty guide trips now than yeah. there ever has been. Yeah, I think obviously there's a lot more. When I started doing it, there was only a handful of bass guides on Toledo that 24-7 all year did bass. A lot of the guides would they would do, um, I think like, like Harold, yeah, know, Harold very well. Harold, like they would throw bat, crappie like maybe, in there. Yeah. Then throw crappie in like, was the summer come along? They do some crappie. So there's only a few and now there's even here in Rayburn and all that. It's, it's everywhere. So I don't know. I, at time, I think a lot of the established guides, it annoys them that there's so many new ones coming in, but it's our fault. We're out here living the best life, loving what we do and all that. It, we've inspired others to join us. So, I mean, yeah, there, there are. There's a lot of guides now uh, everywhere. And like you said, there's a lot of specialty guides. There's a lot of guides that travel to St. Lawrence and live for two months and guide. Mm -hmm. There's um, 
my buddy Rick does it with you Hill know? Country, and then he comes down and guides yeah. in Texas, yeah. and then they do like uh, ladder matches on OHIV during right. the during the spawn. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely, epic. and he's been doing it full time. You know, he started on Amistad. He's right. he's probably eight, ten years in now too on that. But yeah, uh, that's a, interesting because you think of Everywhere. guy like okay, when I think of guide, like getting into it, you're thinking a crusty dude who's on the water every day who puts you on the right. fish, and now it's just it seems almost like like there's been a transition at the top level of professional fishing as to how yeah. it's done, how the tournaments are what right. I said, not getting into that today, but it seems like that transition is also on the guiding side too. Like it's not, oh, yeah. it's, yeah. it's a completely new world and it's kind of like, a, I wouldn't want to say a free for all, but there's no, it is. A it's, lot it's not very regulated. Yeah. It's not very regulated. Like, and I, I'm never a guy's going to throw shots at anyone. This is, yeah. it was my dream job. It's yeah, like, no, it's my way to make a living fishing. You so were a new guy at one point too. I was too. And there's a few crusty old farts here that gave me lots of trouble that didn't <laughs> like me. Guys. I get it. Um, now on my end, and I hope, I hope others that are looking to get in, just try to be respectful and do things the right way. Don't mm -hmm. be out doing things you shouldn't. And I did try to do that. And even still, you still, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, back then I was one of and I'm not ever going to say the first one, but I was one of the early ones doing like electronic stuff. Like I'm going to teach you how to use your side scan, down scan and catch them offshore. And so I was doing a lot of those instructional things where I blended my school teaching in with how I like to fish. I like to fish offshore. And, and now like there's people everywhere, like electronic strips. And so the running joke all around here, I'm not the one making the joke. I'll just say is like, we're dialing them in, dialing in a new customer today. And so a lot of the guys are doing that, putting it on social media as a way to promote their business. So I'm not mm -hmm. casting hate. It's a it's a cool job. I love it. It was like my way to work in the industry. So I don't know. I guess with some of the stuff I've been through, I'm not as uh crudginous or whatever yeah. word you want well, to use. Well, that market will kind of regulate itself, won't it? As uh, won't it reach yeah, a look. threshold to where it's like, hey, I'm not getting trips, and then it reaches the amount, and then the guys who are who are the, oh, and that's why there's who are at the top of their go. game are gonna get yeah, and they're gonna still a lot, a lot come and go. And if you're one of the dudes like, you know, posting every day like we done a trip and we caught this many, we done a trip and we caught this many, and like you're they're doing that to promote and get numbers and all that. But I'll say this: if you're doing that, you better not be lying on the social media. You better be catching them because no way what guys happens, lie, guys guys exaggerate. No way. Yeah. Not at bass fishing, Daryl. Yeah. Yes. Not in bass fishing. Some dudes fishing. may weigh 10 pounders and they don't have a scale in their boat. Or some dudes may claim we caught 100 and they caught five. But eventually you get scorned customers out there who yeah. will regulate that for you. So, yeah, and I don't wish that on anybody, dude. Like, do it fair. Do it right. Provide a good service. And there, there's clearly a large market for it or all these people wouldn't become. Like, our sport is growing and all these folks want to learn about fishing and all that stuff. So, um, I would say like to people that are looking to hire guides, you know, don't believe everything you see on social media, do a little research, maybe call the guy, talk to him, get a feel for it and make sure it's a good fit. Make sure it's going to be someone who will meet your needs. If you're wanting to catch 10 pounders, then you look at some of the guys um, who do that. If you want to learn electronics, look at some of the guys that are good at that, or maybe fish some tournaments and things like that. So um, yeah, it's highly competitive and like anything in fishing, dude, you see everybody, um, you know, like, I don't know, we're, a, we're a, a very whining industry at times. Um, and I'm not saying I'm above it. Trust me. I've, I've whined plenty about different things that went on, but, um, yeah, lots of guides everywhere you go. So 
but that just shows there's a giant market for it. You know what I'm saying? Dude, what are your you website, your website's <laughs> kick ass. That's my wife, man. She's, I mean, your website, look at this. It like scrolls over. It talks about everything. Guide services, online electronics. That's, what, that's oh, you all her. Give certificates. What is a gift certificate yeah. for? So that gift certificate, it used to be funny back in the day because it was always, you know, like where I live in Louisiana, a lot of my customers are Southern Louisiana folks. and People know I don't talk like them. So what happens a lot of times is their wives would call to book a trip and they say, Mr. Dow, I'm calling for a charter service on Toledo Bay for my husband <laughs> and my son. I don't do a great Cajun accent. Uh, Crochet yeah. does a much better one. But Well, that's because you know, he is. He's literally the sheriff of Deer Park. Yeah, you cut him and he bleeds crawfish. Um, yeah. No, like gift certificates, a lot of the guides do it, um, especially with me. Um, last few years, focus so much on our travels and all that stuff in tournament fishing. We sell certificates like that's what they'll use as a gift. So oh, Okay, so they give it and then you can call and figure out whether they want yeah, what they yeah. want to do. Yeah, like, I have a gift certificate, my wife or my aunt or whoever bought me and it's cool because a lot of times those are birthday gifts, Christmas gifts, you know, Father's Day. And so they'll bring their son, daughter. Oh, you have an OnlyFans brother. section on here? Um, that's new. That's new developed. That's what I'm doing this off season. Huh. It's going to get weird. Um, little members only deal. <clears throat> yeah. So my members only um, <laughs> has been um, an electronics group where oh, I. Oh, okay. With me being on the road, that was ways for me to do little, uh, you know, little 30, one minute or one hour videos on different things, electronics and things like that. So that's what that's been. I so I had to find a way. You. Yeah. What's that? Go ahead. You had to find a well, way. I had to find a way with me traveling so much, how I could still be able to try to, you know, do some of my guide duties. And so that electronics course was one of those ways I did it online. Cause I could do it everywhere in the country and it's all relatable. So that's why we did it. Yeah. My wife did this today too. This is all her. Is this She's all my, new? Yeah. She done it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. You have ocean like pony t-shirts available now like yeah. that. Oh, and it says ocean <clears throat> pony down the, look at this. Let's zoom that in. That's like pretty that. cool. You got the, the silver Fox deal in there. Yeah. Silver Fox. Logos. She uh, gave me that nickname a long time to my pre, uh, early uh graying that i did and then so like of course you always want to honor toledo then the ocean pony was born here that's what i call you know large fish so we yeah. did we have hats and shirts say toledo Bend, land of the ocean pony that, yeah that's new she done that a couple weeks ago i don't know how she does all this still my therapist still my full-time cook um and then also runs her own business so she does it all very well i'm very lucky to have my sweet little angel doing this stuff that's, that's her there sporting that's the hat. her that's her right there yeah. in the ocean pony hat. Yeah, that was you, this. Uh, while you live scope us. a four pounder. Yep. Or four, it's live sight, live sight a four pounder, right? Yeah, active. I was active. Active targeted. target, active target. Um, I call it. I get them all confused I, now. I just call it sniping, bloodhounding. That way, it's it don't matter what you're using. Yeah, that was actually this summer, um, at a secret lake up north where we spent a few days with some friends and fished a little. I fished every day. Everyone else vacation. I fished every day still. Cause I'm crazy. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, thanks for I showing the website about the guide thing. Like I was one of those guys, like b before Jeffries was like, Hey, I'm retiring and you're taking over the show. I was like, yeah. Hey, I can do a dink and dunk thing. Like I'd teach you how to do the drop yeah. shot, Nico rig, shaky, yeah. Damiki. You would get, you would be shocked. Yeah. I was, I was, I had People so many calls and then I yeah. was just, I had kind of ended up having, you know, I yeah. moved, 
I had to build yeah. a studio. I had to do the show every day, kind of run yeah. it. And I would like to. And get that's what's been hard there. for me being gone so much. I had to put a lot of my actual guide trips on pause. You know, like you talk about uh, the certificates. There's a lot of people with certificates that we got to schedule some trips. You know, this fall and maybe in the spring once our schedule comes out, and get them on the water and go do that. So, yeah, dude, the guide thing for me was always uh, it got me on the water, so I could learn more. But the biggest thing is I just my biggest dream initially was I want to make a living fishing. I don't want to go teach school every day. Mm -hmm. And and guiding provided that for me. And so and a lot of that's because of the lake I live on. It's not me. It's, I live on a special lake. And uh, and I was all such such an all in dude. Uh, back then I lived an hour away and I still was on the water like 300 days a year between tournaments and guide and all that. I just love it. Is Toledo Bend flip. I, I know. Okay. From an outsider looking in, it seems like it flips back and forth sometimes every four yeah. or five years, sometimes every decade, depending right. on the vegetation, what they're doing yeah. with each one, how much pressure it's getting. But it seems right. like it flips between Sam Raybird and Toledo Bend. Which I'm getting the sense yeah. that, that oh, Toledo, Toledo Bend has always is been better. Ups. Yeah. Yeah. But no, there's there a, time, a time period where like all the grass was gone and it was like kind of yeah. hard to everyone had to go to the brush to catch them but now yeah and a fish in the open where i i mean i had the smallest five bass limit in the history right. of the bass master open I had an eight pound one ounce five bass limit on toledo ben that's the 140th place finish but uh it's on it's like it's trending up right now like big time right? yeah <clears throat> yeah it is and all lakes all lakes go up and down but mm -hmm. a lot of times too we judge like toledo ben and sam rayburn are so good when they're when they're at the top, yeah. we judge them too harsh, dude. Like the weights, when people were saying Toledo Bend was a little off or a little down, the tournament weights were still unbelievable. It, but when we lose our vegetation here, uh, with Toledo being an older lake, um, a lot of that timber is starting to rot off and fall off and all that. So we don't have tons of cover when we don't have grass and it's a lake slow. So it does get harder for your weekend average angler that doesn't fish here every day. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It gets a little harder to come up and go find them and have, you know, have a great time. So, but it's still a special place. But now, like this, this year, this winter and stuff, they like murdered them. Like we had a new lake record caught, tons no, of 10 not. pounders caught this year. It's still, I think they had 50 or 60 in the Lunker program. Like we have our own Toledo Bend Lunker program. So people often get it confused with the Texas share Lunker. That's a Texas thing. We have our own Lunker program, which is funded and paid for by local people here that are in the Toledo Bend Lake Association. You catch a 10 pounder or bigger and weigh it in at one of the stations, um, you get a free replica. So we still have 50 or 60. It's one of the only places still in the country where you can catch 10 pounders, but it's a tournament lake. So it's not what OH Ivy was three, four years ago where like it felt like it exploded and everybody went nuts. It's a tournament lake. So mm -hmm. if you don't spend tons and tons of time here, it can be daunting to break it down. It's a large lake. It can be difficult, but it's still, I don't know. It's, to me, it's like the gem of East Texas, Louisiana. It's, I mean, it's where I built my house that I'm probably going to die in on. I love it. You know, it's my favorite place on earth, but I wouldn't leave that right? house either. <laughs> no, it's pretty, we love it here, dude. This was a dream. I'm watching Eagle fly by right now. Um, it, it's just, it's the spirit of Rick Klon. Uh, no, it's just a beautiful place, dude. And like, even when it's bad, it's still better than a lot of places. I just got through traveling around to. Yeah. So. Hey, uh, it's cutting. What's going on with your real underspin deal? You still? Oh, 
Yeah, the little hammer. Yeah, it's yeah. still still going. Yeah. All right. If uh, you guys fish under spins, you might want to check that one out. It's a a tail spinner, a line tail spinner, through tail, tail spinner. spinner. That's right, yeah. line through tail spinner. Yeah. If you guys fish tail spinners, it's getting that time of the year, late summer. Yeah, it is fall. I, I love it. Fall. You know, before time. it came out, I was a big proponent of it. Have I not you borrowed are. some? It was I exciting guess. to give you a few. Yeah, I mean, so we just kind of took um, what, like you do in a lot of fishing baits. I wanted. I had used some of the the tail spinners, other brands and things, and we wanted to put our spin on one. So we made it a little more lifelike shape mm -hmm. and paint job. Uh, but the key to that little thing, it's called the little hammer. VM Lures makes it. Uh, the key to that is the line through portion of it. Mm -hmm. you, um, and the consistency of the blade. And the consistency of the thump of the blade. We upsized the blade, did a few things there. But the big thing with the line through versus not line through is you're taking a bait that's three quarters of an ounce or an ounce. Mm -hmm. When you hook the fish, it's a little treble hook. They're about about jumping and throwing it. So with the line through, the, the bait will run up, get out of the way, and you, your landing percentage goes up. That was a fun bait to help be a part of. Going back to my guiding, it's because I've had five-year-olds in the boat fishing that bait and like catching the pile out of them. I've had dudes, wives, grandmas catching the pile out of them. So that's a... It's a fun bait. We try to create it more for bass fishing, um, but it's cool because it's multi-species. You'll catch stripers and white bass, and I've caught smallmouth on it, you know. So, but I thought it was fun. Uh, that was the first bait that I really helped develop and work with and stuff. Um, but it was fun to me because because I have I've had a five-year-old in my boat like that could cast it and work it back yeah. and catch fish on it. So that yeah. was fun. It's I, not I, super complicated. Fun bait to throw. I will go out on a limb and say it is the most underrated genre of bait on the market yeah. for summer through, uh, well, yeah, now through the spawn, it's the most underrated genre of bait on the market and probably right. the only genre, especially with what's going on now with Demiki rigging and stuff that has not been exploited yet. And it will explode in the next year and a half. It will. I've done it a little bit looking at them, sniping them throwing out in front of the boat and uh it's very effective it works but it's cool it's always been i don't know why like when i started talking about it publicly i could feel like the lasers coming from the woods from all those <laughs> old timers due to like toledo raver no one wants to talk about the little it. george I, fanatics oh yeah man they were like coming out everywhere shut your mouth gleason um it's a great wintertime bait and so like a lot of your wintertime that was like your wintertime fishing is like one of the last unknown horizons that's really broke through so a lot of a lot of people didn't like it, but and we named Little Hammer after my dog Rowdy. You saw Rowdy earlier. Ra He's inside, uh, relaxing now, right? Yeah, it's if it gets above seventy two, he can't be outside. He's he doing good. Older. I know that Rowdy's been. He's, a, he's had a secure, circuitous route to the current. He's had some ups and downs, but he's still. He's rolling. had some ups and downs, but he's rolling. Yeah, we changed his diet and he's rolling. But so I always called him my Little Hammer dog. So when we come out with the uh, bait for some reason, Little Hammer just stuck. So yeah, Rowdy's rolling, dude. Rowdy's good. Everybody's healthy. Right. Everybody's happy. Anything else, Daryl? Before I let you go, I greatly appreciate. Like I said, you jumping on on a uh, on a Monday and talking no, fishing uh, when it's probably not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to talk about it much more. Uh, like, I know I got you for your one hour. No, nah, like most of my friends are. Uh, there you go. They get local. it well enough. To... You see that comment? Yeah, I do see that. Local, that, local dude. dudes were pissed when they dropped that. You know what my response to that is though? It don't matter how you live your life. In this life, there's going to be a local dude pissed off at you no matter what. You could be 
passing out $100 bills every day at the four-way stop near Toledo Town. You could be giving away free tackle over it. Tackle, like, it don't matter what you do. Some locals mad at you because locals are a lot like pros. We like to whine a lot. That's what we do. There's, I know, but there's something awesome you know, about just an old school East Texas local. Like there's a special breed of bass angler. Dude, there's a lot of dudes around here I, I like looked up to that helped. Oh, yeah. That I looked up to. wanted to, that, that nationally people don't even know who they are. But a lot of those dudes helped create this. So, uh, no, the rest of the year we'll do some guide and do those trips. And, uh, you know, the next thing I have to do is, is have some more talks with sponsors and start deciding what we'll fish next year. So, is all nine I'm not an going option? Over. All nine's an option. Um, potentially maybe other tours. Yeah. And PFL? Perhaps an option. I mean, I haven't, you know, their season's still going. So I don't know as far as other tours, if I could even get an invite. I, I am in a weird spot, dude. I am in limbo. I don't know. Oh, what so I your get today. here's your options. Your options are Toyotas. Try yeah. to get into the invitationals, which I don't know how hard that is now. I don't know what don't, their deal is on how yeah. to get in. So Toyotas, invitationals, I, I, I all night. And, and I've started in those. Yeah, mm-hmm. I started the invitation. Yeah, so uh, yeah. And you fished the in the you fished the tour before. Yeah. Uh Opens, opens, four divisions of the BFL. <laughs> yeah, BFL, BFL Pro. I got to do something to keep Pro in front of my name. I, yeah. I don't want to be former. I want to be uh, Pro Durably. Some, something. Listen, pro. we got to run through this. NPFL. Yeah, or, that's an option. They're doing some great things there. You could road trip out west. I'm sure Randy and Rowdy would love that. And you could do. Uh, you could do. Yeah like the uh one bass series you could do the california yeah. open the arizona open the I, u.s open the toys a lot of dudes over the there Delta. that love me to they would beat the crap out of me they'd love for me to come over and donate to them so uh no i mean it's a weird spot i'm trying to you know I've or you could do texas where, team trail oh dude you can make a fine and the branded belt here and fishing team series there's plenty of them now it's highly competitive like you get your butt kicked around here a lot too which uh I think all those butt kickings I took through the years trying to get to where I'm at prepared me for what I'm going through now. You know what I mean? Uh, you could fish the uh, Texas Bass Nation and try to get back to yeah. the Louisiana Bass Nation's a big deal. Louisiana yeah. Bass Nation, sorry. Yeah. Louisiana, you no, can fish can Louisiana and Texas. That's what I'm saying. Depending on, on how border, they do the rules do now. Uh, uh, yeah, so it's a weird spot to be in. Like, I, I don't know what I'm doing yet, but. You know, that's part of my decompression mode I'm going through now. I want to, I got to find out what's going to work for all my sponsors, obviously, and uh, work for me and my wife and what's truly going to keep me passionate and happy. Last couple of years were hard, dude. When you're on the bad end of it a lot, it gets hard, real hard. So mm-hmm. we'll look at it all and make some decisions. I ain't going nowhere. Fishing's all I know. It's all I want to do to make a living. And, uh, and I have a, ves- a very special group of sponsors, some endemic. Sun non-endemic, my title sponsor, Foster Fence, non-endemic. Um, and so far, the ones I have spoke with and all that, they're they're on board with what we do. So very grateful for them. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what we're going to do, dude. Like you, I'll always in my quiet time look back and think about some of the stuff. But just going forward, got to decide what's best for everybody as a whole and then, you know, jump in. So. It's Wait, all does Foster just do oh do they just do like your neck of the woods? I'm looking to put in an yeah. electronic gate and some pipe fencing or something out yeah, in front yeah, of my I've got two acres across. They do across. all of that. Yeah, really? they do all that, but they are mo- they mostly commercial. 
oh, okay. commercial projects. So like schools, prisons, businesses, and they kind of do it all around. It's, it's, a. Uh, it's a big okay. deal. They're Industrial based. commercial. It's not like, yeah, hey, yeah. let's go out to They're Matt's not. house and put in no, 20 you're, feet you're of fence. You're too small time, man. Too small I time. Know. I know. I could put uh, a prison fence in front. That would intimidate people. And no one. Well, you should with as big as your podcast is. Um, no, like uh, the owner, Trent, big time fisherman, been a big time supporter of me. I've talked about many times. He like literally changed the trajectory of my career and got me where I'm at. Uh, great people, but most of their employees, salesmen, all the guys, hands-on, a lot of them are big-time fishermen, love it. They're from around the Houston area where they're based. So if anyone out there has a business and you need some commercial fence projects, security oh, yeah. gate. There's a lot of nefarious characters who hate foster fence, I would imagine, because I see um, a lot of uh, a lot of prison fencing. <laughs> lots of, like, you held me in, you punk. No. <laughs> They, they do a little, little of all of it, but the biggest thing was I had a personal relationship with, uh, with Trent and, uh, dude, he took a shot and gave me this opportunity to do all these great things. So, um, hopefully we'll get to work together going soon. Um, I, I know it's hard to say this stuff with how the end of the season turned out. I left in July, I left my house around July 1st, 38th in points talking about making the Bassmaster classic and I drug my sorry butt home in September on the outs. So a lot happens. So take a little time, figure it all out, see what we're going to do. I'm not done. I know in my heart, I'm not done with fishing and I'm probably not done with the elites. I feel like, uh, even still people may laugh, but I still feel like I belong. I feel like I'm good enough to do it. Um, there's clearly some spots in my game I got to work on mm -hmm. and, uh, and get better at, but I know in my heart that I can do it. And so, however we move forward, I am very grateful for the journey that we had. I'm very grateful to all the, uh, the bass staff, media folks. Like, dude, they made me, my wife feel at home. It was a very special run. So, but that even goes into, like you mentioned, I fished the, uh, you know, it was the FLW Pro Circuit, then bought yep. by MLF. All those folks, too. They've always just treated us wonderful. Just another so chapter. Been, you have a lot of chapters. I do have some chapters. This is a weird one, though, because I don't know what's next. But that, that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. Sometimes what's next could be the best thing. So. All right. Well, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you for the time. And uh, well, well, we we always text and stay in touch anyway. But yeah, yeah. enjoy enjoy the time. off time when you know what you're gonna do. Let me maybe you can come on BTL to announce your next step. Yeah. Anytime there's something you want to talk about, holler at me. I got some free time. It's a good way to spend the time on here. I always appreciate your fans, dude. A lot of supportive uh, folks. You have a very tight knit loyal group that follows your show and follows you. So awesome, I'm always grateful it? to be a part of it. It is, dude. Like. I've been getting some DMs and stuff lately that people will never understand what those mean when you get those little words of encouragement, even throughout my process, the highs and the lows. It's big stuff, dude. You get that too. You have a bad open and you see some of those DMs are like hanging her bud. Like, you know, yeah, it's, it means a lot, dude. So I don't no, I appreciate a lot you of them that me. I don't answer or see, but yeah, it does. It means a lot when someone's like, Hey dude, yeah. you'll get it. You, you'll get them next yeah. time. Don't worry about it. So, this is all I'm doing fishing for the week though. I'm going immediately all back right. to golf. Golf, go back, go golf, go golf, stuff, day yeah. drink, get those white claws yep. flowing. Yeah, there's no law when you're down with the claw. <laughs> Thanks, dude. All right, that was Daryl Gleason. Uh, that's kind of a tough interview there because obviously he doesn't want to be out of the elite series, but he is. But the fact that he's able to talk about it, put it into perspective, I think is is big. Uh, to be able to talk about it and give a perspective of what it's like on the day to day. Not everybody is a KVD. Not everybody 
is a Brandon Polinick, and you have to have the entire pool that are working together, that are making things work for this whole industry to work. Uh, and it's good guys like Daryl who make it work. So we're going to take our final break. When we come back, talk about what we have going for the rest of the week. BTL on a holiday Monday, September 4th. We'll be back right after. I'm the kind of guy that never leaves a house without a pocket knife, and Gamagatsu's come out with the EDC series of knives. EDC stands for everyday carry, so whether you're on the water or off, you can always have it with you. The best thing about it to me is that assisted open feature. With this D2 blade, you've got it right here at your fingertips, so if you can't find your scissors, you need to cut a knot, you need to cut your braid, you've always got it. Make sure you check it out. Never leave home without your Gamagatsu EDC knife. Born in Japan, using technology, innovation, and precision, Sunline produces the widest selection of fishing lines at the most technologically advanced line factory in the world. Manufactured at the strictest tolerances to produce victories at the highest levels of tournament bass fishing, from household names like Christie, Swindle, and Cruz, to young guns like Cook, Logan, New, and Welcher, they all trust Sunline to take them to the top of the leaderboard. Choose the line that will give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. Sunline. Uh, thanks for everyone sticking around. Great show. Uh, thank you for Daryl Gleason being so candid and open during the show about uh, about the realities of being a professional bass fisherman on the Bassmaster Elite Series. That's all we got for today. I gotta go do a little weed eating, a little yard maintenance work before it gets too hot. So thanks. That's all we got. We will see everybody tomorrow, 8.30 a.m. on a Tuesday. Later.